When it comes to talk radio, our next guest is a leader. Peter B. Collins started out in radio in Chicago, where he covered the Watergate scandal at the tender age of 19. He came to San Francisco in the 70s to join some of the Bay Area broadcasting heavyweights. He was at KGO, KCBS, KNBR, KRQR, and prior to an ideologic shift to the right, KSFO. For many years now, he's produced programs for numerous stations, including Sirius Satellite Left, in addition to webcasts. Peter B. has hosted shows about food, cars, kids, and above all else, progressive politics. He is heard locally on KSAC, 1240 a.m. in the afternoons, where he talks to the sort of guests we think are important, talking about the kinds of topics we think are important. Brad Friedman, who's talked to us several times about voting machine machinations, is a regular on the Peter B. Collins Show to cite just one example. We've hoped to have him on for a long while now, and today's the day. Making his first, what we hope will not be his last appearance on our show, is Peter B. Collins. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Peter B. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. You know, we have a multitude of topics we, we need to discuss, but I'd like to start today with Willie Brown. As a San Francisco guy, you have surely crossed paths with DeMayer, and I was hoping you might share some stories about the one and only Willie Brown. Well, Willie's uh, one of the most fascinating figures in California politics, and I hasten to add that while I've known Mr. Brown for a long time, I've never called him Willie to his face. <laughs> I've always felt that, uh, you know... That, that I'm not really quite his peer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always felt that that uh, respect and deference is kind of important to him. He's an amazing guy. And uh, on one hand, you know, I have a high regard for his political skills, his personal dynamism, uh, his ability to avoid being indicted uh, <laughs> over the years. And while I think that he did a lot of good things for progressives, minorities, and the less advantaged in California when he was Speaker of the Assembly. I think that when he moved over to Mayor of San Francisco, he really saw himself as some sort of a duke or other form of royalty. And in some ways, you know, shifting from legislative to executive was a real sobering experience for him. When he first ran for mayor, he promised to fix the uh, the bus system, the Muni, in 100 days. Uh, it's still not fixed, mm-hmm. and he had to admit that during his second term. Also, it's interesting because Willie, after he was mayor, had a short stint as a radio talk show host. He was teamed up with Will Durst, and uh, I did not think of him as progressive uh, in that sense. I thought it was ironic that as he was hosting a morning radio show on a progressive talk station, uh, he was also accepting a large stipend from the pharmaceutical companies to help uh, kill a ballot measure that would have lowered the cost of prescription drugs for uh, Californians, including many seniors. Similarly, while he was co-hosting that show with Will Durst, he was uh, a consultant to the Schwarzenegger re-election campaign. And while Arnold is arguably more progressive than some of his Republican counterparts, I think that uh, Mr. Brown had some conflicts there that really undermined his effectiveness as a radio host. And ultimately, the ratings weren't very good, and the station pulled the plug. And so uh, I thought that was an interesting episode. 
Well, I'm glad you hit on that because that was actually my second question. Willie Brown is a guy who pretty much throughout his career has succeeded in almost everything he tries, and yet he's hooked up with Will Durst, you know, America's foremost political comic. Uh, talented duo, to be sure, but yet they, they, didn't, they just didn't go over. Well, I, I mean, part of it is what I was addressing there, that the perception of Willie Brown as a true progressive mm -hmm. is, is not really accurate. Uh, Willie is first and foremost about himself, and he'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, he's not embarrassed or shy uh, to, you know, express that quite directly. And, and part of the appeal of Willie Brown is that he will blurt out things that are politically incorrect, you know, you wouldn't expect coming from any other seasoned politician. After all, this is the guy who fathered a child uh, with a, a woman who was his fundraiser while he was the mayor. And, you know, while there was a, a little bit of a media flap about it when it was first disclosed, he just said, yes, yes, I did. What, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, I just, I have to say, I love that about him, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a scoundrel, a scallywag, or a rogue, however you want to characterize him, but everybody knows it. And so there was no surprise or shock. He didn't go into uh, hypocritical mode. And, uh, you know, compare that to the, the mayor of San Jose, who had an affair with his uh, press secretary and almost lost his job over it. And it, it really is a matter of, uh, you know, confronting it head on. And he, you know, he should start a consulting service for wayward mayors. Uh, Gavin Newsom, Antonio Villaraigosa, and now we got uh, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick in Detroit. Yeah. Who has the text messages from his uh, chief of staff that are so embarrassing. I mean, Willie really set a standard that um, he was not going to let other people's morality be imposed on him, and, uh, and it wasn't. I give him a lot of credit for that. He more or less says, I don't understand why it is politicians go about apologizing for their affairs. That so disrespects the woman. <laughs> yeah, I read that in his book. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> well, uh, I want to ask you, you've been in the Bay Area for quite a while. Uh, is he the most interesting politico in the Bay Area? Because I'm wondering about, you know, the only possible competition in my mind, maybe Jerry Brown from the, when he was mayor of Oakland. Well, they were interesting, you know, contrasts as two mayors with the same surname and very different uh, political approaches. In some ways, Jerry became more like Willie as they were mayors. Uh, Jerry was more of a deal maker. He would kind of um, uh, challenge his base uh, of liberals and progressives to try to make Oakland safer, to try to rebuild the downtown. And so, in some ways, Jerry Brown became less idealistic and more pragmatic uh, in his two terms as, as mayor of Oakland. You know, he's never had Willie's splash or Willie's desire to escort young women around and, you know, go to lunch with Herb Cain every week when he was alive. Uh, Jerry's an interesting figure who always, you know, is very focused on what he's attempting to get done very strategic uh, in his approach. Jerry's one of two people who uh, I've interviewed over the years who comes to a radio interview and brings a book. And during the lengthy commercial breaks, uh, he would ignore me <laughs> and read his book. And then, you know, when the breaks were over, just come back. And uh, the other guy who did that was Steve Allen, by the way. <laughs> wow. 
Well, Peter, we mentioned we mentioned uh, uh, you having Brad Friedman on. You've been all over this voting technology issue, and God bless you for doing that. It's an election year in 2008 coming up. Uh, how are you? How do you look to this year going in terms of you know the integrity of the voting process? Well, there are serious concerns, and it's it's uh, happening in both parties. Uh, just recently, the Washington State uh, Republican primary. Mike Huckabee has filed complaints because, well, McCain was declared the winner by 200 and some votes when there were still thousands of votes that had not been counted. And we, on the Democratic side, we have a fairly significant problem in Los Angeles on Super Tuesday, where as many as 700,000 people who are declined to state voters uh, went to the polls, and they were given, uh, e- either some of them were incorrectly given a Democratic ballot, or others were given an independent ballot where they had to mark that they had chosen to vote as a Democrat. Yeah. And the instructions for that process were not very clear. Uh, Barack Obama, uh, the pattern has been that he does very well in the urban areas. He also does very well with independent voters. So there's a possibility there that some, you know, tens of thousands, maybe even more than 100,000 votes in Los Angeles County were not properly credited, and, uh, you know, my guess again is that they would have gone to Obama. doesn't appear it would have changed the total outcome, but as long as there are these anomalies occurring, and the voting machines themselves are just one part of the problem, they're a significant part that people have properly focused on, but the way that ballots are constructed the way that uh, precincts are set up, uh, you know, again, we saw this year that long lines have, have uh, occurred primarily in precincts where you can expect the votes to go Democratic, to go progressive. Right. And so uh, I'm not satisfied with the process we have. And, you know, I will continue to try to draw attention to the issues because, uh, you know, we've got a great new Secretary of State here in California, Deborah Bowen. Mm -hmm. But she has been sniped at by county registrars who don't want to do the work, who don't want to hand-count paper ballots, and who uh, often are compromised by their own history with one of the voting machine companies. And so uh, there, there are real issues about the integrity of the process, these are not um, conspiracy theories or people who are just unhappy because their candidate lost. And we need to address them head on. The big problem we have in this country is that we respond to the last set of problems and try to fix them instead of going to the fundamentals and saying, what do we need to do to ensure fair, transparent, credible elections in this country? There's a new book out by a guy named uh, Thomas Gangali about the primary election process. And it's called, I got it over here, it's called From the Primaries to the Polls. Okay. And there's a whole history of trying to reform the primary process, most recently going back to uh, the late 60s, early 70s, when George McGovern himself uh, chaired a commission to revise the democratic process. But in the Democratic Party, the rules are very complicated. It is not a one-person, one-vote setup. The superdelegates have backroom power that could become a big issue at the convention this summer. 
And so we need to keep pushing for free and fair elections in these United States. Well, I know you're going to do that, and we're going to do do what we can as well. I hope that, uh, you know, as this election year unfolds, you'll come back and, and, and talk to us again. Well, just invite me. Well, we, we will. We also should mention, I mentioned people can hear you on KSAC locally, but I know you have some websites. Where else can listeners go to, to, to pick up on your broadcasts? Just go to PeterBCollins.com. We stream live there from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific every weekday, and there's access to podcasts that are available every evening after the show. All right. Well, Peter B. Collins, thank you so much again for speaking with us. Well, it's my pleasure. Have a great day. All right, Peter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're out of time. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to our very special guests, Willie Brown and Peter B. Collins. On next week's program... Judge Wapner from the People's Court. You know that's going to be fun. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.